Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for March the 11th of the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. We absolutely stand by, dedicate ourselves to the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. It is the blueprint for liberty. It should be the political religion of our nation. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And furthermore, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. Get involved. The Founders said you have a republic if you can keep it, and that meant a good, honest, moral people standing up for the sacred cause of liberty and jealously guarding. That's right, jealously guarding the delegated powers we've given them, meaning the branches of government, vertical and horizontal, by our consent. And if they're uh, taking power into themselves they should not have, we need to say, hey, you know what? We're not giving our consent to that. We need to stand up nobly, boldly, and independently for the sacred cause of liberty. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. And by the way, a recap of yesterday's show is in order. It all starts now. We had our guest on, Mr. Larry Pratt. We discussed all things liberty. We discussed the Liberty Roundtable Twitter account. My account got shut down, folks. Liberty Round TBL. They say it's a Twitter violation at Liberty Round TBL. Under this policy, they say we require the removal of content that may pose a risk to people's health, including content that goes directly against guidance from, quote, authoritative sources of global and local public health information. Now, I've got a problem with this because the violation content that I put forth was a report. It says vaccine death rate for Israel's elderly, 40 times higher than COVID-19 deaths. Okay? Yeah, Israel's elderly experiencing death from vaccines 40 times higher than the vaccine deaths themselves. You say, well, wait a minute. Uh, is that fake news? Uh, what, what, Folks, Patrick um, Bellany, I think is how you say the name. Patrick Delany. LifeSiteNews.com wrote the article. All right. It was also in Israel's national news. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is serious. And I went on this, maybe some would say, for way too long. But I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, can I report on what happened there? The doctor that, uh, you know, highlighted this research wrote an article. He's a well-known, well-recognized physician with over 100 published medical publications. 
And this doctor then also dovetails his research with a huge group of doctors. And just because they don't go along with the mainstream narrative, somehow, I don't get it, but somehow, they're not allowed to have their view. All right? This is serious. The guy's name is uh, Seligman. Um, he has a biology degree. All right. Anyway, long, long article. But this guy's for real. And Twitter's shutting me down because I'm reporting that side of the story. All right. And the interesting thing is I reported the um, ivermectin as a great solution, a great wonder drug to get rid of COVID and to reduce COVID. Uh, and you know what? They might shut me down for that, too. But you know what? There was a team of doctors that testified before the Senate on this. That's well known also. So can we tell the other side of the story or is it no in America? All right. We also talked about how do we nullify federal gun control? That's coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. We also talked about welcome to Operation Choke Point 2.0. Second hour, we talked about a Stanford doctor, Jay Bataceria. Locked down to the biggest public health mistake ever yeah catastrophic harms will be felt for a generation he says art moore wrote the article for wnd.com he says i stand behind my comment that the lockdowns are the single worst public health mistake in the last 100 years he continues he said we will be counting the catastrophic health and psychological harms imposed on nearly every poor person on the face of the earth for a generation. That is a huge, bold statement from a Stanford doctor. He talked about the Great Barrington Declaration. It's received signatures from more than 13,000 medical, and public health scientists. More than 41,000 medical practitioners and at least 750,000 concerned Americans. Can I report that? Huh? That's a very serious question. We also talked about nearly 200 academics with beliefs from across the political spectrum, launched a new organization that will defend free speech for college faculty and will also provide legal assistance in cases where ag academic freedom is threatened. It's called the Academic Freedom Alliance, AFA, AFA. All right? So even the professors which free speech has been violated on campuses more than any other place. What do you expect for the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto, huh? I digress. Anyway, very interesting how even the collegiate folks are having their free speeches uh, or free speech compromised and railroaded to the umph degree. It's a huge, huge, huge topic, and it's probably going to get much worse 
before it gets better, ladies and gentlemen. I don't mean to be negative about this. I'm just telling you right now, you got to see the writing on the wall. The Joe administration is out of control. Okay? And they are coming for you. They're taking off the gloves. Socialism, communism, stifling your First Amendment, all five guarantees is at hand. And unless you and I, we the people, stand up and say we don't give consent to that, Remember, they derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. If we don't stand up and say, we're not giving consent for you to crack down on people and their free speech and their thought and their ability to worship how, where, what they may, their ability to freely assemble, their ability to sue for a redress of grievance. If you don't stand for those things, we're going to fire you. All right, Rush Limbaugh's death certificate lists him as the greatest radio talk show's host of all time. Number or hashtag Rip Rush. My pillow CEO Mike Lindell fighting with the establishment media and government as well. Mike Lindell barred from Twitter as I am says a new social media platform is coming where people will be able to talk and not walk on eggshells. I pray he's right, but I don't know if he understands. Uh, you know what? They've got control of the choke points of the internet too. You think you've you've heard a lot with Operation Choke Point 2.0 choking out financial wherewithal and ability to charge credit cards for businesses and and groups they disagree with right well just wait till it's internet choke point 2.0 they can literally turn off anything they want to there's only a few providers that provide the dns servers uh, that matter around the world and there's only a few big providers uh, that control the backbone of the internet you don't believe me go study and figure it out i've been in it for a long time and i'm telling you right now this engineered big tech has been going on for decades under the hands of government, Pentagon, black money operations, in bed with universities and in bed with big tech companies. They built Google. They built Facebook. They built Twitter. They built Amazon. They built and funded with our tax dollars all these companies that are now abusing us. And then Congress is ignorantly complaining about it like they're going to stop it. Folks understand they built the Internet with a kill switch. So don't think that you can build your own uh, whatever you want, because, ladies and gentlemen, if they don't want you to do it, it won't happen. And I'm not trying to be rude to Michael, but I am telling him that he better understand this. RNC to Trump. So listen to this. The former president of the United States, Donald Trump, the RNC, that's the Republican National Committee, right? The RNC says to Trump, no, we're not going to stop using your name and your likeness to raise money. Donald Trump's attorneys sent a cease and desist letter to the RNC said, quit using my name, quit fundraising under my name. And the Republican swamp is saying, no, we hate you, and we've tried to get rid of you forever, and we finally succeeded by partnering with the Democrats in a coup d'etat. Uh, but you know what? We're not going to quit using your name. Your name brings in cash, baby. So they hate Donald, but they're going to continue using his name, even if his attorneys file a cease and desist letter. Do you see out of, how out of control the swamp has become, folks? It is crazy town. Former Democratic Hawaii rep... Tulsi Gabbard laid into the cancel culture during a Tuesday evening appearance on Fox News. Prime time doing a great job. It isn't Republican and Democrat at war, folks. It's us against the swamp and good for Tulsi. 12 state attorney generals sued Joe Biden over his first executive order. We'll talk about that in seconds on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? 
Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, why are some of my seals are gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, finishing up yesterday's show recap before our guest jumps online. Twelve state attorney generals sue Joe Biden over his first executive order aimed at climate change. They say he lacked the constitutional authority to implement new rules about greenhouse gases. Republican state attorneys general from the following 12 states, Arkansas, Arizona, Indiana, Kansas, Montana, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Utah. Join the lawsuit, ladies and gentlemen. Good for those attorney generals. I commend them for their efforts. We need more of that because it's true. Donald, or uh, Whacked Out Joe does not have authority, ladies and gentlemen, at all. And we need to insist on the checks and balances, not only vertically, but horizontally. So these are the states telling the Fed, hey, wait a minute, there's dual sovereignty here, and you can't just do that. And they're absolutely spot on. And the more we use the checks and balances, the more we'll stop folks from stealing power they have no right to, that we haven't given consent to, as we, the people, the ultimate sovereigns. All right, final tidbit. Disney Plus quietly pulls Dumbo, Peter Pan, the Aristocrats, and Swiss Family Robinson from children's accounts and added warnings, warning labels to the parents' accounts saying, hey, these things are racist and, you know, they're abusive. But don't worry. Most people are just shutting down in the cancel culture. 
But Disney wants a special place in the cancel culture. What they want to do is yank it from kids' accounts, put a warning on parents' accounts, and then they say, we're not really taking this content down because we want you to watch our movies, but then use it to educate your children about how, uh, you know what, America used to be a racist time. So they want to basically, in my opinion, uh, create a revisionist historical reality where only racism is focused on. Did we have some bad times in America and some bad behavior? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we did. But is that the only narrative we should highlight as if that was the whole of the thing? No, the founders were wonderful people. They were born into a racist society, and they did their very best to jettison that narrative. Proof? All men are created equal, endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. Okay, the founders understood it, but you can't solve it in a generation or a day. Anyway, Disney wants to promote it, get their movies watched, uh, but, and they don't want to really take it all the way down like the rest of us would be required to do. See, they want to take down everything, but Disney has a special place to not take it down. Let's just highlight that it's racist, but let's perpetuate the racism, but make sure you educate your kids to understand how bad it was back then. Well, here's the real next headline that highlights the reality of this. Business continues to boom for Disney+. Plus, According to The Hollywood Reporter, Disney's CEO, whatever, Bob Chatnick, or whatever the guy's name is, Chapek announced... That They now have, listen to this, more than 100 million subscribers. So don't upset the 100 million subscribers. Just put a warning label up and keep the cash flowing. And let's try to give ourselves a unique position in the cancel culture. That is that of great educator. For filthy lucre. If it's right to cancel everybody else, it's right to cancel all that, Disney. You can't have your cake and to eat it, too. Uh, Brian Rust, RustQuinnandGift.com. Welcome back. And economically, what do you think of that, sir? Uh, thanks for uh, having me on, Sam. It's good to be with you. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a double standard, isn't it? Isn't that kind oh, of no, what we sir. They're, they're call the that? Great educator, <laughs> and this is Disney. This is Walt. Oh, you know, okay. saying so. It's all about education for them. Now, you are a racist. Let's shut you down. Uh, yeah. But it, it, you know, they need it. It's interesting how they got over a hundred million subscribers, and they literally don't want to shut down their movies that because that's what attracts everybody to the hundred million, right? And they know full well they can't completely shut it down. So they're just thinking if we can get away with a warning. Then we can act like we're the educator and create a kind of a sweet spot carved out for us economically during the cancer right. culture. We'll have yeah. it both ways for us, and we're big <laughs> enough to obtain that. See, that's right. Uh, that's right. You know, and I, you know, the powerful kind of the, the these powerful companies or, or that they walk the edge, and so and, and then then if they step over or if they they kind of oh hey sorry sorry and and. Uh, and maybe pay a little fine or whatever, and in most cases probably don't pay any fine, but they, they're allowed to walk the edge. Anybody else that, that pushes the other side wants to stay closer to the, you know, the truth, like you know, what you're saying, you get kind of, you get pulled back or, or remove your account and all this, but the big, big boys can kind of do their own thing and, you know, kind now, of I believe I'm one of the greatest true race educators in America, which is, yeah. yes, we've got a bad historical past, and we should never repeat the bad elements. We should reject slavery, and we should look at us all as God's children, and we should treat each other as such, and every race should be proud of their culture and heritage. What do you think of them apples? Right. I, I think so. I mean, just just common sense and good good values teach that, right? Okay, yeah, we made mistakes, but, but that you know, that's kind of God's plan, too, right? Yeah. You make yes. mistakes, and you're able to, to go forth and say, okay, I'm sorry, we made mistakes, we're, we're kind of, I guess we call it repentance and so on, and we're not going to do that, and we're going to move forward and, and still bless the lives of those. But yeah, 
you know, now it's a whole different narrative. And Regardless and, of the mistakes that were made, every peoples that have uh, lived in or come to or been involved in the United States of America has been blessed immensely, regardless of the troubled road in which they came here. Uh, and the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, have probably been abused more than any other group. I happen to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nicknamed the Mormons. But I'm not blaming anybody else for Adam's transgression. I'm not asking for reparations. I'm just simply saying, let's make sure we're aware of that historical reality, and let's never repeat it, and let's look forward with faith and hope and stand shoulder to shoulder to bless everyone. And let's make sure we understand our history so we don't repeat the bad parts. But let's move forward in faith and hope and unity. But you know what? That's very difficult to do because they continue to drive the wedge, Brian. Right, and I, you know, that's and and I, you know, kind of going on on that line is is uh, Satan's plan is all about driving that wedge. So if we feel like it's there's not going to be opposition, we know that's that's uh, uh, not true. There is going to be opposition. But uh, you know, I, I think that like you've said, I mean, we kind of move forward. We've we've been blessed as a result of moving forward and still trying to to be honest and and uh, and and help our neighbors and do all these things but yet they you know they want to control us uh, oh you don't need to help your neighbor we'll help your neighbor you don't you don't need to do it and they kind of uh, create a divide between us as as uh, human beings and and conflict and and uh, yeah i i agree i think we can we're we're good people and we just have to be able to continue to forge ahead without being pushed down and pushed down. We're praying for daylight on this subject as well as many other ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. By the way, speaking of um, honest money, though, honest weights and measures is what it's called, economically speaking, as well. And uh, what's gold sitting at? Uh, gold is at 1731 on Even? paper. Yep. 1731, 1700. And thirty-one dollars silver. Uh, Twenty-six dollars and forty cents. Forty cents. So it's up about ten cents from last week or something, right? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, what was it? Yeah, about thirty cents from last week. All right, man. Where the heck are some of the other metals? Well, uh, let's see. You've got uh, uh, platinum's twelve hundred and eleven. Um, palladium is twenty-four hundred and twenty dollars. And okay. uh, Kurt's favorite uh, metal is uh, rhodium is at twenty three thousand eight hundred. So it's down, it's down about five thousand bucks. But uh, it, a month ago it was twenty two. So it's up. Uh, yeah, it's bouncing around a little bit. But, but, still but let's on. be clear though. Let's let's highlight this. Uh, the reason that we highlight the rhodium thing is one, it's kind of fun, right? Mm-hmm. But but two though, it really provides the reality about metals. Gold and silver are traded on paper so much. And people don't take delivery to where it's kind of fractionalized and manipulated because it's future trading. And as long as you don't have to deliver, there's no halt to the con game, if you will. If they were forced to deliver what they traded in, uh, it would be a meltdown tomorrow. But because they don't, because it's on paper and because it's futures. Okay, but uh, rhodium is really not in that reality. They don't trade these rhodium um, things. They don't manipulate and suppress the numbers and the reality by that. And So it kind of gives us a, a reality check on the rest of the markets, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, supply and demand just goes to show it. I mean, as, as uh, you know, without that paper manipulation product, I mean, these big paper companies, your your J.P. Morgan, your Goldman Sachs, I mean, they're fine. They're fine five hundred million a year, but who cares? They make five billion, right? And then they they drop it down, play the game, more money in our pocket. Yeah, it hurts all those. And then they get crazy when GameStop goes wonky, huh? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's like what we the don't heck? like that. That's right. There's a that, yeah, that's right. A double standard there again for those elitists that kind of well, we we can do whatever we want, but you can't. But we can't. So yeah, it's it's uh they don't like that game. Ladies and gentlemen, gold seventeen hundred and thirty one dollars even. Silver twenty six dollars and forty cents. How much does it cost to get me one of them? 2021 silver eagle silver dollars created by the modern mint sir uh they're still selling around that 38 dollar range all right the spread's pretty large for a single dollar isn't it ladies and gentlemen all right hang tight brian russ with us russquinnandgift.com on your radio protecting your liberties you're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. A divided House voted 220 to 211 on Wednesday to approve the Senate's revised version of President Biden's $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package, sending the bill to Biden's desk to be signed probably Friday. The bill approves $1,400 stimulus payments for individuals making up to $75,000 and couples making $150K. It will also extend weekly $300 unemployment insurance until September 6th. The U.S. Senate on Wednesday voted to confirm Michael Reagan as the next administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA. It will play a central role in Biden administration's climate change agenda. The vote in the Senate was 66 to 34 to confirm. 44-year-old Reagan was the head of North Carolina's environmental regulator. Mexico's lower house of Congress on Wednesday approved a bill that would decriminalize marijuana for those 18 and older. Backed by the administration of President Obrador, the Mexico Senate needs to now review and approve the bill. USA Radio News. It's happened. Since Election Day, more than 5 million people have downloaded the free Newsmax TV app from their smartphone store. It takes seconds, and with the free app, you can watch Newsmax TV right away. Most cable news channels require a paid subscription, not Newsmax. You get real news whenever you want. At home, Newsmax TV is on all major cable systems, and it's free on OTT devices. Your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, Vizio, and Roku. YouTube, Zumo, and Pluto. Now the free smartphone app lets you watch Newsmax easily wherever you are. So check Newsmax.com online for breaking headlines. Then go to the Newsmax TV app to watch the latest news with Sebastian Gorka, Dick Morris, Greg Kelly, Diamond and Silk, Michelle Malkin, Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, and so much more. Newsmax is already the fourth highest rated cable news channel in America. Everyone is watching Newsmax because it's real news for real people. The partisan coronavirus relief bill has added a mountain of debt to the American people. In fact, $5 trillion of debt was added in the last year. Fiscally responsible lawmakers are not happy. Future generations are stuck with paying it back. John Clemens with the Texas USA Radio News Bureau reports. The measure that was approved by the U.S. Senate March 6th passed in the House 220 to 211. GOP members like Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia called it reckless, irresponsible, and the wrong thing to do because it will enslave future generations to a mountain of debt. Then there was House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. It showers money on special interests, but spends less than 9% on actually defeating the virus. Jody Arrington is from Lubbock, Texas. It's a $2 trillion blue state boondoggle and a Trojan horse for their reckless partisan policies. $5,000 billion is $5 trillion. 
USA Radio News. This half hour of Liberty Roundtable Live is brought to you in part by RussCoinandGift.com. Brian Rust and his family have been in the coin business for over 50 years, helping folks understand precious metals and helping people get their act together when it comes to their financial portfolio. Take possessions of the metals is what Brian Rust would say. Hey, if you take possession, then you know you actually have it. If you do it on paper... You may never be able to take delivery, ladies and gentlemen. That's the point. And if you want to get a hold of Brian Rust, RustConingGift.com, you can learn about precious metals, and he can guide you to the places that can provide a hedge and stability. If you want to get into metal to get rich, Brian is not your guy. If your goal is to steadily improve your wealth and create a safety net and a hedge against the volatile markets out there, then Brian is your guy. Brian Rust, RustConingGift.com, and he's with me now. Gas prices, Brian, expected to rise over the next few weeks. So you're going to get a big old stimulus check from your government. <laughs> but don't worry, buddy. It'll pay for that extra gas cost for you, my friend. That's right. Yeah, there you go. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Huh? No, Well, not really, but uh, that's the truth. Gas prices are going up. And the problem is, is we can't keep – they can't keep uh, pouring out uh, – this stimulus, these stimulus monies, money, they can. I mean, there's enough people saying, hey, I like this free money. I can do a lot. But, you know, eventually it's going to hit the fan and uh, someone's going to pay this back. And is it is it us? Is it our kids? Is it, you know, as they, they said, reckless spending doesn't ever come off. I'm going to I'm going to be Kirk Crosby for a second, Brian. Yeah. Hey, they're talking about a $15 minimum wage in the biggest. What? Government redistribution of wealth and spend, uh, socialist spend uh, in modern times since the Great Depression. Uh, they failed to get the minimum wage passed. But why don't we just give everybody 100 bucks an hour? Why do we stop at the $1.9 trillion stimulus? Why not just give everybody 100 bucks an hour? And get, why not just go for like a, I don't know, maybe $190 trillion stimulus or something? I mean, why not just make it big, buddy? <laughs> and it demonstrates the absurd by being absurd, but it highlights the reality of the point being made, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it's just well, you know, and it's. I mean, they're they're going to push. They're they're pushing that fifteen dollar, and eventually they, you know, as long as they keep pushing and pushing, it seems like any time they push and they don't get it, they don't get their way and push. Eventually, they keep pushing, and eventually they get their way. It seems like, you know, we try to fight back, and if we fight back, we're we're all racist or we're all whatever they're going to call us at that point. But, uh, you know, it has dire effects. I mean, you know, this COVID, you know, they, they say, well, here's this COVID relief. Well, well, if we want to really look at this, uh, you know, the, the issues at hand, how many of these businesses just aren't coming back? They're just, you know, they've, they've affected our economy. They just aren't coming back. Well, I'm sure those people would love to pay their employees $15 an hour, but they're no longer around to even to do that. Now they're trying to find a job and they're trying to so you know it's it's just reckless on on all aspects of, of kind of this these plans that kind of keep forward and 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 if you put the 15 dollar an hour uh, minimum wage how many other businesses can affect or afford but if you don't pay it well i guess you're just going to be out of business because here's the law now you got to do well, it well the effects so, of I, the coronavirus has turned out to be the great business covid divide what happened is the small businesses couldn't stay open and couldn't handle it. The big businesses grew and literally took market share 
and got massive stimulus payments and everything else. And the small guy, for the most part, got the beating and the shutdown. So what we've really done is we've created, uh, you know, pulled the lever of government, we've picked winners and losers. Small business fails, big business thrives. Just ask Disney to make the point. Now the headline says Senate Democrats passed pork bill, $1.9 trillion COVID bill, by circumventing the Republicans. Now, I don't think it's that simple of a divide, although in the votes it is because no Republicans voted for it. One Democrat dissented, but the rest stuck together. It was as partisan as it gets. The next headline, Congress passes Biden's $1.9 trillion aid bill. And I guess what happened is they passed it in the House because they went to the reconciliation plan, which means they didn't have to have the supermajority of 60 to pass it. They could get a, a small majority and pass it. And now they're sending it to Donald Trump for his signatures or for a signature. Donald, I'm not Donald. Wow. Biden says he'll <laughs> sign it on Friday. They say it's one of the largest injections of federal aid since the Great Depression, sir. Joe said he looked right. forward to signing on Friday at the White House. So there you have that. Now, listen to this, though, Brian. Union bosses get an $86 billion bailout in the new COVID bill. Yeah, $28.6 billion included for restaurants. Now, my response is just don't shut down the restaurants and you don't need all that money. They say the bill is estimated to slash poverty by a third this year and potentially cut child poverty in half. I don't think that's true. I think it'll hand our children the debt. They say with expansions of tax credits... Through aid for mortgage and rental assistance, it has widespread support among the American people. So the Republicans said it's bad. But believe it or not, Americans, 70% favoring this in a Pew Research poll. The measure will provide $350 billion for state, local, and tribal governments. So government gets really a, a huge percentage of it. $10 million for critical state infrastructure projects, $14 billion for the distribution of vaccines, $130 billion to primary and secondary schools. The bill also includes $30 billion for transit agencies, $45 billion in rental utility and mortgage assistance programs, billions more for small businesses and live performance venues, they say it provides another round of direct payments to the American people. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, Brian. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it, it's reckless. It's it's very reckless. I mean, my business is like as I go out and, and, and if I have to borrow and borrow, but if I can't pay back and I just keep borrowing, eventually I'm not going to be around. I just, you know, but the big, but I think, you know, you if we pay attention, I mean, the government, they don't care. I mean, really, they don't care because it's not their money. We're going to take it from everybody else. We're going to, that money is coming from somewhere. And uh, they, they're in pretty good positions where it's not going to hurt me. But, I, you know, there's a lot of people in our country who, yeah, the, they, the, the, the money probably could help them. But how long can it help them? How, you know, if, if we would, you know, it's kind of like uh, if we look at the situation, you know, we make changes where we need to make changes. We don't shut down the economy. You know, Larvita, she's trying to stand up for her business, and so this is my livelihood. So I, I think we need to look at this instead of just, yeah, here's some 
this, that, and the other. But, but Rita, we don't want you to open. We don't want you to do this because, well, eventually now she's out. Now she's relying on the government to help her to even survive. I, it, it's just a mess, if you ask me, instead of, you know, instead of uh, doing it the right way, you know. Well, as Kirk Cosby would say, go. other than that, it's not so bad. But it is going to get worse, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, because Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, he was on uh, Fox and he warned that congressional Democrats could take a shot at enacting a carbon tax yeah. in the name of mitigating so-called anthropogenic climate now that they have majorities in both chambers and the presidency. So they're literally looking at creating a, 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 a uh, I don't know what you call it, environmental impact tax or a climate change tax or whatever else. And on one hand, you think they won't get it done, ladies and gentlemen, but they don't need a single Republican to get it done. Brian? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. We're going to see more and more of this because they they're, they could care less about the other side. They're just going to do what they need to. They can get the votes they need to. And uh, and then they'll ask the other side, you know, look, a few of you need to vote for us and we'll help you along the way. I mean, it's, it's just kind of that good old boy club up there. And, uh, and it's, yeah, it's ugly in my opinion, but they can, they're going to pass a lot more things just because they can't. What do we do, Brian? Well, we uh, hold on to good, uh, our, our, our uh, good morals and our, you know, try to be the kind people we are, but forge ahead and, and, and raise our hand and try to educate. You're doing a great job. I think more and more people need to, to, to kind of buy on, you know, uh, listen and try to participate, but it's, it's, I think it's going to get ugly going forward, you know. And here's what I would do, ladies and gentlemen: I would create a financial hedge first against the manipulating economy, whether it be a climate tax, whether it be increased gas prices, whether it be a job loss. Uh, I don't know what's coming down the pike. I can't read the future, but what I can say is stability is always a good thing. And if you get with Brian at RussQuinnandGift.com, what I'd recommend is every other month, one month buy a Silver Eagle Silver Dollar, thirty-eight bucks, right? All right. Then the other month, in my opinion, buy the equivalent or a little bit more in dimes and quarters. And that way you're going to have a hedge of smaller pieces of money to exchange when necessary. Uh, you'll have the silver eagle, silver dollars generating real wealth. Uh, and, and in my opinion, though, at least from a precious metals point of view, from a portfolio point of view, that's probably the smartest move that I can think of right now. Brian, final words yours. I know you got to fly. Well, I think you're right, Dan. I think that can go uh, good with all that uh, food, uh, just a lot of you know, peace of mind comes with storage of, of financial and every other amenity we need. We'll talk soon, brother. Godspeed. Thank you. Great job. RustQuinnandGift.com on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. Every week, Brian gives the honest money update on the Liberty Roundtable live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally.
the solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. Six days a week, we tell the tale of freedom. On the seventh, we rest as the good Lord asked us to do. We're doing our best to promote God, family, and country, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing our best to tell the tale uh, of God, family, and country. It is about those simple six realities, ladies and gentlemen. If you promote God, family, and country, and you protect life, liberty, and property, you are a freedom fighter. You are a liberty lover. You are a what do you call it? Advocate, in my opinion, for the greatest things on earth that matter. It is about God and repentance. It is about family and support for one another to make it through this life. And it is about country, which allows us to have the proper balance between liberty uh, and those who would try to steal it. You know what? It's a vacuum of power in societies, in reality. And you got to have something prevent the bad guys from filling that vacuum. Is government perfect? Far from. Is government necessary? Absolutely. The libertarians and the anarchists would disagree with me. But time has proven that we've got to have a balance. And even though our government is not perfect, and even though there's a lot of point to that's negative, there's a lot to point to that's wonderful. Every day you could peacefully walk down the street. You don't get raped or molested or abused or whatever else, uh, with, it, with rare exception. You have the ability to save money and prosper and grow and, and have plenty of food. And that's just a blessing and a half. And every day we can keep that. It is a good day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, man. Gas prices expected to rise over the next couple of weeks. Beware of that. Senate Democrats passed pork-filled $1.9 trillion COVID bill by circumventing Republicans. It's a shame. Republicans are crying and outrage but you know what no offense to the republicans you've been part of the swamp for too long too you guys had every chance to make some fundamental changes but you didn't do it okay when the republicans had control of the house the senate the white house the courts they didn't get rid of any government programs okay they might have spent less than the belligerent you know what drunken sailor mentality of the democrats i get it but you know what they've been spending and getting and manipulating and as much as the Republicans 
or the Democrats have. It's just a whose mousetrap do you like best, the Democrats or the Republicans. And I like the constitutional reality the best. Congress passes Biden's $1.9 trillion aid bill in a vote of 220 to 211. One Democrat said no. All the rest said yes. Republicans, none of them said yes. Good for them. But, again, I, I don't think that they have set the stage for really downsizing government is the point. So they complain because the Democrats are just drunken sailors, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, you can't spend the whole Treasury. Uh, what are you talking about? We're in debt to the tune of, what, admitted $25-plus trillion and growing at an alarming rate. But they haven't done anything to really slow it down. In fact, Rand Paul tried to create a money budget plan. It was a penny plan to reduce 1%, one penny out of a dollar. And when the Republicans had control of everything, uh, Rand Paul was putting this together and everybody literally ignored him. They mocked him. They ignored him. They didn't do it. So I, I get that the Republicans are howling because we're spending too much money, and that's a sad tale to tell. But the Republicans aren't far behind. They're just Democrat light. That's all they are. Senator Pat Toomey warning that, hey, they're going to push for a, quote, climate tax. They could take a shot at enacting a carbon tax. In the name of mitigating so-called anthropogenic climate now, because they have both houses, right? And the Republicans really couldn't stop it. So beware, it's a coming. Write it down. Patrick Toomey warned against it, and I'm warning against it as well. Climate change is at the top of Joe's list. Why? Well, I told you it's about promoting God, family, and country, right? It violates all those. I said it's about protecting life, liberty, and property, and it's about all those too. Joe's on a bender, folks, with his communist and socialist partners in crime. Kamala is one great example to make the point. Now, you say, wait a minute, Sam, you can't make charges about their communism. And yes, I can have uh, my opinion, to which I'm entitled. This is America, not China. Do we believe in freedom of speech or not, baby? Are we going to stand up for it or are we going to just cave? Are we going to mums the word? Are we going to create a chat uh, plan in society to... Well, you don't dare talk to your neighbor because, by golly, they'll turn you in. Are we going to create snitch, Operation Snitch on Your Neighbor 2.02, along with Operation Choke Point, shutting down all conservatives? Are we going to go that far in America, folks, or are we going to stand up and stop it, huh? All right, don't worry. It's all good because Daylight Savings Time is this weekend, folks. And the debate about Daylight Savings Time continues. That's for sure. What do you think of Daylight Savings Time, ladies and gentlemen? Do you love it? Do you hate it? We got an annual ritual in America of early March. We leap forward. Spring forward is what they call it, right? It's coming this Sunday at 2 a.m., the change to daylight savings time. So what do you do? You move forward and lose an hour? Is that how it goes? While some people love the daylight at the end of the day, as the weather warms, others bemoan the loss of an hour of sleep, right? Fifteen states, ladies and gentlemen, have enacted legislation to make daylight savings time and or standard time year-round so we wouldn't switch back and forth. Some are saying let's keep it daylight savings time. Others are saying let's keep it standard time. But the bills across the country um, that have been passed by state legislative bodies are saying we don't care if it's daylight savings time or standard time. Let's just quit this psychotic view of switching back and forth twice a year over and over. and over. It's crazy town. 
Now, let me tell you the 15 states that have said we would like to stop changing time every six months. California, Florida, Delaware, Louisiana, Maine, Oregon, Idaho, South Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, Washington, Arkansas, Georgia, Ohio, and Wyoming. Those are the states that have said, hey, we would like to jettison this uh, daylight savings time switch. The stumbling block for fans of year-round daylight savings time is the Federal Uniform 1966 Uniform Time Act. Did you know we have one of those at your federal government, ladies and gentlemen? Did you know we had a federal 1966 Uniform Time Act? I kid you not, it exists. And so those who want to just stick with daylight savings time year-round is that you can't have that because of this 1966 Act. It became law, they say, because of the way the states had kind of been observing daylight savings time randomly. In other words, all over the country, different states were doing different things, and it became such a fiasco. The federal government jumped in and said, we're going to mandate this in 1966, but they put this uniform time act together. So states are not allowed to stay on daylight savings time by law. They're not allowed to do it. The acts said that states either have to, quote, change the clocks to daylight savings time at a specified time and day, or stay with standard time throughout the year. But you can't stay on daylight savings time. You can switch back and forth, or you can stay on standard time. Well, the only power, they say, states or territories have under the Act of 1966 is to opt out of daylight savings time altogether if they choose, putting them on standard time permanently. So just so you know, that's what Arizona... Hawaii, Guam, American Samoa, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands have done. Okay? They simply say, look, we're going to go to standard time, and we're going to stay there. They're not allowed to go to daylight savings time and stay there. Any proposals that would establish, quote, permanent daylight savings time would require Congress to amend the 1966 Act I'm speaking of. Believe it or not, the U.S. first implemented daylight savings time during World War II as a way to conserve fuel. And that was an outgrowth, listen carefully, as part of the Standard Time Act of 1918. They've been messing with our time and controlling our time and manipulating what states can do regarding time since 1918. And then in World War II, it got changed and updated. And then in 1966, it got absolutely codified by the feds. And states have been at the behest of the feds over this for literally my whole lifetime. I was born a year later, and I'm 53 years old, okay? They also uh, had that uh, 1918 thing. It was also called the Calder Act, just so you guys know. But after World War II, Congress abolished summer daylight savings at the federal level. So see what they did is they abolished the daylight savings time. That's why states can't stick on it standard. In other words, they can't move to it, and that become the standard. you got to go to standard time, which is not daylight time. You can do that, but you can't do daylight. They say although it remained a local option if you wanted to stay on 
standard time, not daylight savings time, or if you wanted to go back and forth, with some states continuing to observe it. Now, believe it or not, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. So I've told you how they've been messing with the time at the federal level for quite some, pardon the pun, time, right? All right, well, it gets worse because not only have they made acts about it in 1918 and World War II and in 1966, but listen to this. The Department of Transportation, which is in charge of all time zones in the United States. Did you know the Department of Transportation was in charge of all time zones in the United States? They say daylight savings time conserves energy, saves lives by preventing traffic accidents. It reduces crime. Proponents of year-round daylight savings time say that it balances morning and evening daylight, making it easier for folks to get the sleep they need, etc. Believe it or not, a coalition of bipartisan senators now reintroduced a bill on Tuesday to make daylight savings time permanent. thereby ending the need to change the clocks. So there you have it. You know, it's a debate that'll go on forever. I don't know that I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that we'll get much done on this. I think Congress is just too paralyzed and they have too much of a socialist communist agenda to focus on this. But I am in favor of jettisoning the move the clocks back and forth plan. And I would move to daylight savings time and make that the standard. And then personally, as a separate note, I would reduce the number of time zones across America. I'd create an Eastern and a Western time zone. I'd make them probably two hours apart, and I would have everybody on on daylight savings time year-round. So you would not change the clocks twice a year. You would only have two time zones in the lower 48, if you will, or contiguous states. And you would have two time zones, not four, two hours apart, or maybe three hours apart. And I would just call it good. And it would simplify things a ton. But it's going to take an act of Congress. Pardon the pun, it might even be closer to an act of God to get this done. I pray they do because it would make things a lot better for everybody. It would save a lot of money, simplify life for Americans. But it's going to be a tough road to hoe because if you're going to depend on Congress for that, wow. Our prayers are that we can simplify something in America, don't you think? Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. We do need your generous donations to continue. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net for live and on-demand radio free, but donate to your heart's content, please, and every penny will be used to grow our ability to tell the tale of liberty. I am Sam Bushman, and I declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. But you got to get involved, repent, choose the right, make it a great day. We're counting on you, ladies and gentlemen. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. I'm Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. This is indeed the broadcast for March the 11th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. 
Man, have we got a lot of hard-hitting news that I was refused to use. Jumping into free speech. It is the hot topic today. The First Amendment as it has been in recent years, more so than ever before. It's always an incredible uh, topic, but it's been um, under assault more than ever in my lifetime in the last couple of years. All right. Uh, it's serious, serious business. Anyway, Clarence Thomas delivers decisive ruling in a religious free speech case, writes Dan McLaughlin. Doing a great job over there. What could be more American than a religious freedom discussion and a lawsuit to boot with the name Ezukinum? Ezukinum? V. Produsky. Anyway, an issue in the case is state-funded Georgia Gwinnett College's free speech zone policy, which Stanley Kurt has aptly summarized elsewhere. Now listen carefully to me. Georgia Gwinnett's two tiny speech zones Occupy less than 0.0015% of the campus and are open only 18 hours a day. Yeah, that's right. Or I'm sorry, 18 hours a week, not a day. They're only open 18 hours a week. So if you want to speak in public or you want to leaflet about politics or religion, Anywhere on campus on a Friday, for example, it had better be in those tiny zones between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. or you're flat out of luck. And even then, you'll have to get authorization three days in advance. I hear you. It's shocking. It's hard to even comprehend, right? Now, student, I'm trying to say his name, I'm sorry. Chike, that's his first name. C-H-I-K-E, Chike Izukinum. He's an evangelical Christian, ladies and gentlemen. He was told that if he wanted to evangelize his faith to his fellow students, then he would have to apply three days in advance for a permit and then and then confine his activities to one of the two tiny free speech zones. And then he would also have to comply with the hour restrictions. After receiving the permit, he was told by campus cops that he could not share his faith in even one of the free speech zones because doing so violate a campus ban on disturbing the peace and slash or disturbing the comfort of a person. These days, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, almost any opinion, especially on matters of faith, will make somebody on campus uncomfortable. He got sick of it after trying to comply to no avail and sued. Represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom. Good for them. Represented by the Alliance for Defending Freedom and supported by Jeff Sessions, believe it or not, of all people, and the Justice Department. In response, the college changed the policy 
and tried to get the lawsuit dismissed as, quote, moot. But eventually, the issue did indeed wind its way all the way to the Supreme Court, baby. And Justice Clarence Thomas delivered a clear victory. For who? The plaintiffs. A bit of background, ladies and gentlemen. Courts of law do not exist to issue pronouncements in the abstract about constitutional, quote, rights and wrongs. Federal courts are restricted to deciding cases relating to controversies in which some particular person, entity, or group has suffered a particular injury. And that injury can be relieved by the judiciary. Standing to sue is commonly described as having three elements. Here's what determines if you have standing in court, in other words, right? One, injury. Two, traceability. And three, redressability. All right? Listen carefully to me. Injury means that the the plaintiff has suffered a concrete, proven harm. See? So can I develop a concrete, proven harm that Twitter's harmed me? I think so. Traceability means that the plaintiff's injury can fairly be said to have been caused by the defendant's act. So I got to prove that I'm injured. I got to prove a concrete injury. Then I got to prove that they caused it, so to speak, right? Redressability means that the kind of relief the plaintiff seeks, money, an injunction, a declaratory judgment that is within the court's power to provide, etc., right? There was no question here that this student suffered an injury traceable to Georgia's Gwinnett College and actions. He was prevented from speaking about his faith in violation of core First Amendment rights, but what relief was he asking for? What relief was he entitled to, ladies and gentlemen? He lost no money, so, well, hey, you can't get money. The policy was repealed, so the court couldn't issue an injunction or a declaration to adjudicate an ongoing dispute because the college has already caved after they shut him down, right? No court order could safeguard his rights in the future, ladies and gentlemen, because he was no longer a student at the college, so he sought nominal damages in judgment of just enough money that he could show the world his rights have been violated and he set a precedent to deter Georgia Gwinnett and other colleges from violating rights going forward, right? The alternative would be dismissing a suit every time a college gets called out and changes its policy, does less, to protect the free speech of students who may not be be determined enough to take their campus administrators to court like he did. So this is a precedent-setting case we pray. What do you think of that? See, in my opinion, folks, 
this is a huge case. And I commend Justice Clarence Thomas. Okay? Understand, this is really important. Judicial conservatives have long taken a hard line on standing to sue where injury and traceability are not pleaded and proven precisely to prevent activist judges from expanding their lawmaking writ beyond cases where somebody was actually harmed. And they have also joined the judicial voices that caution against novel extensions of, quote, redressability. In Simon versus Eastern Kentucky Welfare Rights Organization, that was back in 76. It was a big old long case, okay? The court held that indigents who had been denied medical treatment by nonprofit hospitals had suffered an injury because the hospitals were required to provide medical services to the poor. But then they said they didn't have standing to sue to strip the hospitals of nonprofit status because they had no personal stake in the hospital's tax benefits. Anyway, they go on and on with all these cases. The point is, it's very, very tic-tacky, the law. But here's what you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. And this is why you need to get attorneys to evaluate this for you. Now, I know a lot of people say, go pro se, you'll never handle it with an attorney. But the law is so unique and so difficult to handle. But Clarence Thomas delivers decisive ruling in religious free speech case. Dan McLaughlin with the details. I commend Clarence Thomas. I commend this student who I can't even pronounce his name, who stood up for his rights. But the battle at the college campus is over Christianity. And they literally hosed him right down. Got to get a permit three days in advance. You got to do this. You got to do that. Oh, you can't really even speak about your faith because it might harm somebody or offend somebody. In other words, they completely shut him down. And he sued, and they eventually backed off and changed their policies, trying to prevent him from gaining greater standing and, 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 and accountability in court. Uh, so, But he was smart enough to say, I'm not going after big money here. This isn't a windfall of cash. I just want to set precedence here about free speech rights. I want college campuses across the country to understand you can't do this. And you know what? It's heroes like this college student free speech advocate that are making the difference and keeping America free. God bless him. And God bless Clarence Thomas. Yeah. Good work. When people stand up doing good, great things happen. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while, at the same time, exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, MericaFirst.com. All right, Sam Bushman live, ladies and gentlemen, talking about the sacred cause of liberty, one of my favorite topics. Is it favorite or is it favorite? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about this incredible free speech case. All right. Clarence Thomas delivers decisive ruling in religious free speech case. Dan McLaughlin with the piece doing a great job, I might add. And I just want to tell you, you know, it's been said that all it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. Now, you understand that good men means men and women, right? I mean, don't play games here, right? Anyway, um, this is an example where when good people stand up and shine the light, darkness flees. Yeah, the campus knew they were wrong. They knew they didn't have authority, but they didn't care. How do I know that, ladies and gentlemen? Sam, you can't read their hearts. You don't know what the administration's thinking. You know what? I do. Because their actions tell the tale. As soon as he sued, they backed off and changed their policy. If they thought they were right, why didn't they go all the way to the Supreme Court and defend it? Because they know what we know, that they're violating our God-given inalienable rights. They know that in the First Amendment that there's five fundamental guarantees, and they were literally violating every one of them. Okay, they, in the redress of grievance, hey, they violated that because they changed their policy, trying to make it to where he didn't have uh, the proper standing. They changed a lot of where they're, what are you going to do now, right? Um, they did their very best to manipulate this, but they got caught, and Clarence Thomas doing a great job. But look, when individuals stand up for God, family, and country, in this case, standing up boldly for the First Amendment and uh, free speech. But it's not only a free speech case, ladies and gentlemen. Let's make this even more clear. It's a religious free speech case. That's even better. Because now you're, you're literally talking about all five fundamental realities in the First Amendment at stake here. 
He wanted a pamphleteer, so he wanted to get out the written word. Maybe you call that the freedom of the press, huh? What do you say? Should we do that? Call that freedom of the press. This guy wants to go, uh, you know, get pamphlets and print them and spread them out and tell people about them. And, okay, he wanted to speak out about his faith. So you're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of the press, right? He was hoping other people would kind of assemble and listen to him, right? Now you got freedom of assembly going on. Then you got freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly. That's three out of the five already. Congress shall make no law regarding religion. So, you know what? They violated that. He has the right to worship. He has the right to preach the word of God. Okay? So that's four. Then the fifth one, the redress of grievances, which he got a redress. They changed the policy at his college, and he pushed further. Instead of capitulating and stopping there, he said, it isn't about the money to me. They're going to try to debunk standing by saying it's, we don't, he didn't lose money, so we're not going to give you money. Um, we changed our policy, so there's nothing that the court can force. But he said, it isn't about any of those things. This is about setting a case precedent, or precedent, I'm sorry, case precedent about people's free speech. So I don't want to just capitulate and have everybody else have to go through what I went through. Let's set the standard. I personally think this gentleman is a hero. And by the way, I don't know him personally. I know he's a Christian. I commend him for that. But I don't know what he believes and what he would actually say. But it doesn't matter because I don't need to defend everything that he says. I just need to defend his right to say it. You follow me? You get what I'm thinking of here? I don't need to agree with everything the guy says. I just need to agree with his right to say it. So I defend his right to say it, and so did Anton and Scalia, and so did the Supreme Court. What a heroic decision, in my humble opinion. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. When good people do good things, wonderful things occur. And I'm so proud of this kid. I just think we need a thousand of him. We need a million of him. We need to stand up and push back politely, peacefully, morally, using the rule of law using the checks and balances, using the system that our founding fathers gave us. Uh, we need to use the First Amendment, all five guarantees. We need to speak out. We need freedom of the press. And that consists, in my opinion, you know, this is where the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a lot of people believe it's a living, breathing document. We can make it say whatever we want. That's a lie. However, if you go back and interpret the fundamental intent of the founders, and you broaden it based on modern understanding, that is not manipulating the Constitution. It's not changing what it says or taking license to pervert what it is or says, but it's, it's understanding. So let me take the First Amendment as an example. You have the right to freedom of the press and the right to free speech. Those two rights together um, mean that you have a right to say what you want using the public airwaves on the radio. You'd say, well, that can't be, Sam. If we study it in the tradition of the founders and you can't change the static constitution then uh, and the Bill of Rights, then you can't do that. No, no, no. I'm not changing anything. I'm just telling you that it, free speech and freedom of the press, a modern expression, is nationally syndicated talk radio. That's a modern outgrowth expression of those two First Amendment guarantees. Right? 
So I bring that up because I think it's important to understand. We would never change the intent of the founding fathers or the purpose of the Constitution, but we can understand its modern applications. Where does radio not fall into free speech and freedom of the press? In other words, the point is you have the freedom to speak and to distribute that speech, whether it be the written word, whether it be pamphleteering, whether it be for speaking at a location and hoping people will assemble. Well, I got a question. If a bunch of people are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live on LovingLiberty.net and spreading the word, is that peaceful assembly? You bet it is. We encourage you to remain peaceful in your assembly. We, re- we encourage you to push for a redress of grievance whenever necessary using the law of the land and the peaceful checks and balances that make America great, right? We advocate for freedom of speech and freedom of the press and freedom to worship as we choose. Absolutely, without a doubt, we're unequivocally dedicated to that cause. All right, I digress, except for I'm just calling this guy a hero, man. And I'm calling Justice Clarence Thomas a hero, too. Where's all the other new Supreme Court justices that could have jumped on and got a lot of credit for this? I... I hope by name we can give them credit too, right? I'm going to put in my headline into Google now, folks, and let you see what it says. Go to Google Chrome. Take the headline. Clarence Thomas delivers decisive ruling in a religious freedom speech case. Dan McLaughlin, and I'm just going to search for that in Google here. The mighty Google. Yeah. And a lot of people have it. National Review has it. Flipboard has it. But ladies and gentlemen, Pelosi's HR1 is an authoritarian outrage, writes National Review, because it's going to strike at the heart of this religious freedom we're talking about. Yeah. Serious. Serious business, folks, this HR1. It's disaster. National Review doing a great job, folks. I wish some of the other um, justices would stand up as boldly and help codify this decision. Because one of the things we run into, listen carefully to me, one of the things we run into is even when an incredible ruling is made, if we're not careful, it gets buried and obliterated, ignored, and forgotten. Buried, obliterated, ignored, and forgotten. You got that? And I look at Sheriff Richard Mack's case. This is a serious one. Richard Mack was told by Bill Clinton, you better lock down and engage in gun control. And Richard said, no, I'm not going to do that. And Bill Clinton, the president at the time, said, I will arrest you if you don't. And the sheriff stood up, Richard Mack, and said, you know what? You're not going to arrest me. You don't have authority to mandate that I do this. Everybody mocked Richard and said, oh, you're going to get slaughtered by Bill. You're going to go down. You're going to go to prison. Don't do it. Don't whatever. Richard Max stood up nobly, boldly, independent, prayed hard, worked hard. And in the end of the day, Richard Mack beat Bill Clinton to the Supreme Court and Richard Mack was not arrested. Now, I personally think Bill Clinton should have been arrested, but that's another topic, right? Anyway, the, the point that I'm getting at is there was a 10th Amendment decision out of that court case where Richard Mack beat Bill Clinton. And in my humble opinion, for those who understand it and read it, it is one of the greatest Tenth Amendment decisions rendered in our modern times. I think it's one of the greatest Tenth Amendment decisions in history, but rendered in our modern times. Why? Because a good man, Richard Mack, stood up against evil. 
and he won. Just like this free speech guy stood up against evil, uh, and he won. I'll tell you more when we come back. I got a lot straight ahead. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. With President Biden on the verge of signing his coronavirus relief bill into law, the administration now faces a race against the clock and trying to get the relief out the door as quickly as possible. White House officials expect the $1,400 direct payments destined for most Americans will be sent out by the end of March. But other forms of the assistance in the $1.9 trillion package could take longer to allocate. China's legislature on Thursday passed a resolution called the Patriots Governing Hong Kong in a move to overhaul the city's elections. The Chinese Communist Party now controls the Asian financial hub's elections, reducing Democratic representation, a moment of silence, prayers, and anti-nuclear protests. Japan mourned 20,000 victims of the massive 9.0 earthquake and tsunami that struck Japan 10 years ago, destroying towns and triggering nuclear meltdowns in Fukushima. This is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. When I first switched over, because I stopped taking the other supplements I was taking and switched over all the way to Balance of Nature, I really noticed a huge difference. It was amazing, like better sleep, better attention, better energy. It was just really, really great. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. Uh, that, that meeting's starting at 4. Can I get those projections? Indeed knows unexpected growth can stretch your business thin. Karen, do these numbers look right to you? Like at Mia's research firm. To hit client deadlines, she needs to get started hiring right, right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. A federal judge has approved a $650 million settlement by Facebook. The egregious theft of privacy by Facebook should infuriate the people of the world. Facebook's theft of facial recognition and other biometric data without permission of its users is a lifetime loss for the user affected. Normally with a security breach, you simply change the password. Facial recognition is forever, and there is no change. The Texas Rangers Baseball Club is ready to fully open for the season. Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. When the Texas Rangers open their season on April 5th against the Toronto Blue Jays, they may do it in a packed ballpark. The Rangers may be the first team to welcome back fans at full capacity next month in the wake of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's removal of all restriction on businesses. The team says they will still have mitigation strategies in place. Fans will still have to wear masks unless actively eating or drinking at their seats. The Rangers' 40,518-seat Globe Life Field opened last season with fans only being allowed back during postseason games. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always, six days a week. 
Live and on demand, available at your fingertips. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, donate liberally, would you please? Now, this half hour of the broadcast is brought to you in part by Raw Honey, delivered directly to your door. To learn more, get a hold of Kurt Crosby. That's Kurt, C-U-R-T, at LibertyRoundtable.com, right 601-669-2211. That's 801-669-2211. Or LocalHoneyMan.com gets that done. And uh, raw honey, I'm telling you, tastes phenomenal. And it's got all kinds of health benefits for you and your loved ones. All right. Um, Clarence Thomas delivers decisive ruling. We're celebrating that for free speech, religious free speech, I might add. When good people stand up, we make a difference, folks. So I'm comparing it to the Richard Mack case. It's important that we understand this decisive ruling happened. The mainstream press not really reporting on it too much. <laughs> they don't want to talk about it. But it's incredible. But it reminds me of the Richard Mack decision, in my opinion, one of the greatest Tenth Amendment decisions ever rendered and delivered in modern times because Richard Mack decided to stand up and say, no, Bill Clinton, I will not do what you want. You don't have authority. Bill said, I'll arrest you. Richard said, no, you won't. The lawsuit went all the way to the Supreme Court and Richard Mack won and a few other sheriffs and Bill Clinton lost. In that Second Amendment, um, that Tenth Amendment uh lawsuit rendering it said that the states are dual sovereigns with the federal government and that the federal government has no authority to demand state officers do anything state and local there's just no jurisdiction there that's phenomenal news but the problem is that case is well it's under threat of being forgotten forever and that's why the constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association cspua.org richard mack myself and others are doing our very best to keep that decision alive and use that going forward to stand up for states rights to nullify to create dual sovereigns to create accountability to erect the barriers to enact checks and balances and to hold people accountable we give our consent but only under certain conditions and we delegate power jurisdictionally we delegate power with checks and balances vertical and horizontal got it well anyway my whole point about bringing that up is to say clarence thomas issues decisive ruling in religious free speech case it's phenomenal news but we got to make sure that free speech case along with richard mack's case are not forgotten when good people stand up a lot of times the court does what's right but then it's up to us it's up to us to spread the word to educate and to insist on the rulings rendered all right pelosi's hr1 is an authoritarian outrage, writes National Review. Amen to that reality check. Our buddy Matthew Staver chimes in with an email that highlights this HR1 concern as well. The U.S. House has passed the greatest threat to our nation's election integrity. Wow. Matt Staver. The U.S. House has passed the greatest possible threat to our nation's election integrity. Whoa, that is a scary headline from Matt Staver. I agree with National Review. It is an outrage. H.R. 1 will destroy any hope for fair and honest elections in America permanently, folks. We must stop this dangerous bill now in the Senate is where we have the chance 
It's already passed the House, folks. Now, this bill, although it was referred to 11 different House committees, it was jammed through the House. It hit the House floor and was jammed through the House before even one committee approved the bill. So why send it to committees? To give the color of following protocol. This outrageous bill will ban voter ID or motor ID. Or I'm sorry, voter ID. Four same-day registrations and criminalize anyone questioning the qualifications to vote. Yeah, this is crazy town. It will even force registrars to email official ballots to certain people and so much more, folks. Matt Staver breaking it down for us. Well known. Matt Staver, lead attorney for the Liberty Council, LC.org, doing a great job. We've watched them and worked with them for years. Stop HR1 with your urgent facts to the U.S. Senate, Matt says. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more, brother. We're grateful for your leadership on this thing. Stop HR1. Stop HR1. I don't know how to say it even more strongly than Matt. We have got to get involved here, folks. A lot of people are just so used to sitting back going, well, I'm not really political. But, folks, you've got to do this. You've got to stop HR1. So my headline, stop HR1 now in the Senate. Right? Before addressing HR1, there is good news from Georgia, though, by the way. The state house just passed a huge omnibus election integrity bill. It's an omnibus election integrity bill. With massive election reform, and the Georgia Senate also passed a bill restricting mail-in ballots and much, much more. Wow, that's phenomenal news, isn't it? Again, good people standing up. What happens, right? Wow. Good news from Georgia. The state house just passed a huge bill. And the state Senate passed a bill. They're reigning in election fraud, folks, in Georgia. Already 35 cases. Let me say this again. Already 35 cases of criminal election fraud. Let me say that again. Because remember, they've been telling us there's no election fraud, no election, right? They lie. Here's the proof. Already 35 criminal cases of election fraud have been referred for prosecution in the Peach State. Right? That's Georgia, right? That's huge. We are also working with scores of state legislators in other swing states to tighten voting processes. That's Matt Staver, Liberty Council. However, ladies and gentlemen, if H.R. 1 passes in the U.S. Senate, it will, quote, override... All state 
laws. That's why we must stop this massive federal power grab by by Pelosian team, right? If this still passes, folks, it will, one, seize authority from the states and place the federal government in complete control. Two, ban state voter ID laws. Three, mandate, quote, no-fault absentee ballots. Four, four states to accept absentee ballots up to 10 days after Election Day. Five, automatically register all individuals as opposed to citizens and thus require somebody to opt out if they don't want to vote. Six, register convicted felons. Seven, allow people to vote outside their precinct. I mean, this is just a disaster. Eight, punish anyone who questions the validity of the voter. That'll be a violation of your free speech, huh? Nine, prevent poll watchers from cooperating with election officials to identify and challenge voter registrations concerning fraud. Ten, with same-day registration, no ID and no ability to verify a voter, a person can go precinct to precinct, voting multiple times under multiple names. There's much more, folks. This is just the beginning of what they have planned, of how this shocking power grab will swing wide open the door for even more election fraud. This must be stopped now. Couldn't agree more, Matt Staver. I'm so grateful you're calling this out and documenting the details. One section of the bill imposes a penalty of five years in prison. Listen, five years in jail and a $100,000 fine on anyone who who misleads or impedes voters in the 60 days leading up to an election. And they will be allowed to do it as the Democrats and the liberals and the communists, but they won't allow us any freedom. Getting the kids to school, cleaning the house, doing the laundry. It seems that the work routine as a stay-at-home mom is never ending. And even though I'm the prime grocery shopper in our family of four, I simply don't have time to scrutinize all the labels on the countless food products I buy. Oh, sure, I've noticed all the latest certification seals. Organic, non-GMO, gluten-free. It definitely seems to be the latest craze. But it was only recently that kosher certification seals caught my attention. You see, my husband had me download an app called Certified, and it shed light on a century-old certification in that slipped under the radar screen from the majority of our public. I also noticed a question mark at the end of the app name, and that makes great sense as there's far more questions regarding this industry than answers. In fact, the developers refer to this as the kosher question. Sure, I'm a busy mom and didn't pay attention to our food culture, but now I have transparency, a convenient grocery list feature, and the ability to eat in favor of my family's best interests, and you can discover it too at thekosherquestion.com. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. 
I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. This is serious business indeed, ladies and gentlemen. The U.S. House has passed possibly the greatest threat to our nation's election integrity. we got to stop H.R. 1 now in the Senate. But we have good news from Georgia. Thank heavens the House and Senate are passing legislative pieces to stop mail-in fraud, mail-in ballot fraud, <clears throat> They want massive election reform. And they've also got 35 counts that are filed for prosecution now. 35 counts of vote fraud. But ladies and gentlemen, understand this. This H.R. 1 is disaster. So right now, you might lose a Facebook account, right? You might go to Facebook jail or Twitter jail like I am. You could suddenly face five years in a real jail. And a hundred thousand dollar fine. Imagine that a hundred thousand dollar fine. Those numbers are staggering. That reality is scary. Matt Staver, who's been fighting for liberty for a long time in the trenches at the Supreme Court and beyond, I have never seen an attack on free and fair elections like we see in H.R. 1 ever. It is urgent for U.S. citizens to flood the Senate with an outcry against this outrageous bill. Wow. I don't even know how to respond to this. It's so bad. I don't know how to respond. It's just so egregious. It's hard to even fathom what we're discussing right now. Right? Time is short to oppose this horrendous bill. This is a very serious threat to our nation. Yeah. Remember the incredible frustration when we thought fraud would stop Trump from gaining the White House, and it did? Anyway, um, Matthew Staver says our staff in Washington is fighting on two major battlefronts. Yeah, the Equality Act is live in the Senate now, too. Our legal team is currently fighting H.R. 1 and H.R. 5, even as we continue to defend the brave pastors and churchgoers who dare to fight church shutdown orders. We can only fight for freedom with your help. 
That's Matt Staver. But we need your support. I'm just telling you right now. He says we can only defend freedom because of your support. I invite you to partner with us. Every donation makes a difference. And please join me in prayer for our nation. Amen to that. That's one of the biggest things we can do. Pray for our nation, folks. Anyway, Matt Staver, who gave me the details on this, he's the founder and chairman of Liberty Council. LC.org is their website. They do a phenomenal job. I'm grateful for their friendship, for their leadership, for their involvement, right? They do a great job, and they deserve our support. All right. Please join me in prayer for our nation, writes Matt Staver. I wanted to repeat that. All right, the pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. I want to get to this news before the end of the hour as well. The pandemic, right? One year later, now Utah (laughs) plans on opening vaccine eligibility to every adult by April the 1st. So just a short, short time. And now they want to go ahead and do this. It's just an outrage. It's just a shame. I don't even know how to respond to it more than this. It's just an absolute shame. I don't mind if people want to take the vaccines. But when you make them available to all adults, and then pretty soon it'll be everyone, children, and then comes the encouragement to be vaccinated. And it reminds me a little bit of the click it ticket kind of laws, right? But where do we go from here, right? First, it'll be, well, we're making the vaccines available for everybody. Then it'll be the push. Well, Walmart says you can't go in their stores unless you're vaccinated. Uh, The big airlines say you can't fly without proving, quote, vaccination. And then the force will begin. Yeah, if you're a Star Wars guy, you kind of love the force, right? This is kind of the wrong force, folks. Right? Um. It's scary to think about what they've got planned here. It really is. I mean, it is scary town. I don't even know how to think about this thing. But imagine the pandemic one year later. Now Utah wants vaccine eligibility for every adult eligibility. But I don't know what where this is going to go. Are they going to eventually say you've got to wear a mask and you've got to prove vaccinations to travel? You've got to do that to receive health care. No stimulus checks for the non-vaccinated there. If you're not vaccinated and we think there's a pandemic, a break, and whatever it be, flu, swine flu, cocoa, whatever, man, you better stay in your home without a... Free to move around the cabin, COVID vaccine confirmation test there, or confirmation of vaccination. Can't cruise around the cabin, can't be free to roam around America and infect everybody there. Don't want that going on, you know. Where does this go? 
How egregious does this become? How much does it violate your freedom of speech? Your right to believe as you choose, freedom of conscience. Your ability to make choices for your own body and your own life. Where does this go? I don't know. Folks, I don't even know how to respond. Except it's scary. It's of serious concern. Now, I want you to join me in prayer for our nation. When I see people like Matt Staver fighting, when I see good news from Georgia, when I see Clarence Thomas and this free speech advocate doing a great job, when I see Pat Toomey warning about a carbon tax, it gives me some courage. It gives me some hope. When I see Brian Rust delivering the Honest Money Report, RustConeyGift.com, it gives me hope. It helps me take courage. The pandemic one year later, what will we see? We've been locked down literally for a year. Our most freedoms of associations have been violated. Our freedom to behave and act as we choose, violated big time. Forced mask wearing without authority, etc. Oh, yeah, no, Sam, those, those uh, governors, they have authority. No, they don't. Go read your state and your federal constitutions. Congress has all power, all legislative power. Same thing with your state legislative bodies, folks. The, uh, the state's constitutions usually mirror the federal constitution to a great degree, but oftentimes they provide even greater restricted guidance on what bureaucrats and public officials may do checks and balances are all important at the state level codified by state constitutions as well don't forget that reality check please please don't forget that okay now that's the pandemic one year later what's it going to look like next year with a whole year ahead of us are they going to just open up everything remember they locked everybody down 100 percent, stay in your home pretty much and then they came back and said now y'all can go out but wear masks now is the next phase going to be, we'll open up the economy and open up life further, but you got to get the vaccination. We can't force you to get the vaccination. We'll just make it impossible for you not to get it. We'll use businesses and private sector and quasi-government entities and everything else to back you into a, quote, vaccination or else corner. Is that what they're going to do in the next year of the pandemic? I pray the answer is no, but predict the answer is probably a yes. The rabid, out-of-control, communist, socialist agenda in the swamp is just beyond imagination. And you're just starting to see their true colors. You're starting to see their stripes of how evil they are and how little they care for the checks and balances that make America great. How little they care for your God-given inalienable rights. How little they care with the delegated, limited power that you've consented to give them. And how unsatisfied they are with that. And they're literally flexing their muscles and saying, we'll take whatever power we want. We, the people, better be prepared to stop them. We better get involved, and we better do it fast. All right, by the way, no guns seized from Capitol demonstrators and no shots fired except by a security guard that killed a veteran, right? So why is it called an armed armed insurrection? Huh? I don't know. There you have it. That's kind of the question of the day, isn't it?
why the heck is it called an armed insurrection when no guns were seized from Capitol demonstrators and nobody fired shots except for the government, right? Same thing is true in the um, Emmon Bundy case. Nobody pulled a gun on anybody. Nobody shot anybody except for the government killed Lavoie Finnecombe. Same thing in the Randy Weaver case at first was peaceful until the government shot a woman with a baby in her arms when she was unarmed at long-range sniper. Case point scenario, right? What gives with all this? The answer is government can run amok. And it's up to you and me in America, right? It's up to you and me in America, ladies and gentlemen, to create accountability. If we don't want them to behave like this and have incredible power grabs, you and I better be the ones to stop them. You and I need to be the ones to hold them to account. And that's why Matt Staver says, I've never seen an attack on free and fair elections. I've never seen an attack on free speech like this either. And it's up to us. We, the people, need to double down and deliver and say, look, we gave you consent to behave. That's right. We gave you limited scope. But now you're abusing the authority we've given you, and it's not going to be tolerated. I beg you to get involved. I implore you to please fund this radio program and what we're doing. We depend on you. We need you. We hope for your partnership. If you find our efforts worthy, deliver big. Just donate and add zeros, please. Start with a bigger number than zero, though, would you? <laughs> Thank you so much. Two hours in the can, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. I am Sam Bushman. Thanks for being along for the ride. Hopefully it's educational and entertaining. We declare we the people along with the race of the Almighty. We can and will restore America. But you got to get involved, repent, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Oh,